Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, folks. Welcome to Hardcore Listing with Christopher Glasson and my mate over there, old Stewie Stewie Whiff Whiff. Hello. We are proud to present today, uh, it was it was a... Double a double day of podcasting. It's a guest. double podcast for this guest. Yeah, he he went man uh, Scrooby's Pippikins house first. Yeah, and done distraction pieces. Then Pip dropped him at the Whiff Inn, which was a perfect location for his choice of top five. Which by now I'm sure you've already seen the artwork and are aware. Yes, top five uh, best places to have a pint in. England. In England, yeah. which is well, as you'll find out, not everyone was following those rules. But that's that's part of the majesty, exactly. Because I'm a hard, fucking maverick of the hardcore listing um, crew. And our guest today is Beans on Toast, and it was a good chat. It was a really good chat, wasn't it? Yes. I mean, we don't talk much about Beans on Toast's career, and I would imagine that Pip does. So I would send you over to Distraction Pieces for when Pip releases um, his uh, interview and chat with uh, with Jay. Mm-hmm. Um, but suffice to say, he's he's done some pre- he's worked with a lot of cool people and he's yeah. done some pretty impressive stuff. And his music is is earnest and real, and there's a real touch of oh, his voice. I don't know. I just love it. Yeah. Folk, folky in a way, isn't it? Um, so yes, anyway, I'm sure Pip goes over that, but we just stuck straight into what Jay's top five was. Uh, he was a he was a top bloke, um, and yeah. it was a it was a good top five. So sure. um, while we're uh, about to get going, a quick shout out yes. to our sponsors. Yes, um, Love Beer, um, a perfect sponsor for this episode, mm-hmm. and uh, Bang Boom Creative, who are our new sponsors. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are a video production company, and we are now making a few little fun videos just to showcase uh, what Luke and the team are uh, capable of doing. Absolutely. So um, keep your eyes out, and thanks again, Luke, and thanks again, Bang Boom Creative. And big shout-outs to Brad Acton and 76 for all the work they do and continue to do. Enjoy the podcast, you mugs. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. <clears throat> yeah, we're we're recording. It's quite early on a. Uh, where are we? It's the, the bank <laughs> oh, holiday thing. No, the, <laughs> no, the bank holiday <laughs> things messed me up a bit. Oh yeah, it's, it? <coughs> it's Wednesday, isn't it? It is Wednesday, mate. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, we've 
We're in the whiff in, what is it, six o'clock, seven o'clock? About that, mate, about yeah. that. It's bloody hot in here. Are you hot? Is people hot? I'm hot everywhere. Oh, God, it is hot. Jay, look, this is a great way to introduce our guests. Yeah. Can you turn off the radiator, please? <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, let, let's just cut straight to it sure. then, because uh, by his own admission, he is hot everywhere. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and it's definitely a Wednesday. It's definitely about six o'clock. Ladies and gentlemen, he's hot right now. <laughs> um, our guest tonight, he's, um, he's beans on toast. Jay. Hello, how are you going, mate? Yeah, very well. You all right? Yeah, all good. Thanks for having me and your tiny little boozer. Thank you very much. Um, Much. You've been round uh, Scroobius Pippikins. I have just done a podcast with him, but that doesn't mean that I'm all talked out. Good. Well, that's good to hear. And if you have, we are known to derail this. And I think we invited one guest on once and... The first hour, we discussed the coffee enema I'd given to myself, and the guest was just sat there like... <laughs> so I don't need so to don't participate. In no, no, eat some Doritos, mate. We've got this. <laughs> you relax, mate. Joe, I like your T-shirt, by the way. High focus. That's a good... Thank good you very team. much. Yeah, incredible label. Yeah. yeah, very good, mate. Very good. Um, how was it with Pip, by the way? Good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've, you know, we kind of go back... Um, a few years you know I've seen him a few times so our paths have crossed over the years so we kind of touched on that and uh, you know I've listened to distraction pieces a few times as well so and he's got it down you've both done Frank Turner gigs didn't exactly, you exactly yeah we did yeah. a show at Wembley together we've done a few gigs together over the years yeah, that was, was a kind say. of good starting point um, but uh, yeah I actually I tapped him up actually and was just like look I've got this book coming out and can I come and uh, have a chat and he was he, he was up for it and then he suggested I also double whammy it while I'm in this part well, of town while you're down this, this area yeah, yeah. And, make the uh, most of it mate you don't want to come around this way too much so you know get well, the most I'm, of it I'm from Essex as well so don't worry about that <laughs> well before we crack on then so let, let's talk about a book Tell so it's called Drunk Folk Stories and it is 10 short true life as far as I'm, as far as I can remember, true stories. Um, I've always been quite uh, chatty at my gigs, and, I, and there's an element of storytelling in what I do. Never ever did I think I'd write a book, um, but I did. Basically, I was uh, touring Germany last year. Spent a lot of time on the train by myself, and just the thought came to me, and I just sort of started writing down the stories that I've been telling them for years in the pub or on stage. And when I started writing them they kind of had a bit more body than I thought and it was more about where I was in my life at that time and it turned into, yeah, you know, a book and uh, I, you know, got someone else to spell check it and go through all the bits and bobs and to kind of turn it into an actual book. It's out on the 1st of May and uh, I've done a seated tour to kind of alongside the book and... um, so touring around the country, still it will still be a beans on toast. stuff like a time. I'm not going to yeah. be like reading from the book or anything yeah. like that. Like I know all the stories and off the top of my I head. And then I threw yeah, up down <laughs> my shirt, and <laughs> Mum was in the room, and <laughs> an element of that. Yeah. So so yeah, it's like you know yeah. Um, why why did you write it? Was it one of the things? Did someone come make you write not? a book? Yeah, why not? No, was it your um, decision to think I'm going to write a book? Yeah, no or? one asked me. Fuck yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it was just I had. It was like I had the time on the train, and I was like, I feel like I should get stuck into a project. Yeah. Um, and and you know, a few times people said, oh, you know, that could go in a book. I knew I had the stories, and I was, you know, I always try to outside of you know songwriting and touring. I've always tried to keep different things I've made a few documentaries over the time mm-hmm. and you know like um, it, it's just a kind of extension of 
the art form of kind of songwriting basically you know yeah. how far can you push it so it was it was just that really and mm. i think i suppose there's a kind of a kind of more crash side to it you know in the um I can sell it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like I've already sold enough on pre-orders uh, to cover all my costs. So as far as I'm concerned, it's a success. Yeah. Um, and the sort of touring at the moment, people will, uh, people want to buy things from the merch stand, but people just don't want CDs, you know, yeah. and not everybody wants a band t-shirt. That, that has so changed had, so much, hasn't it, man? Yeah. Where, where, where musicians make their money. That... Yeah, exactly. And having, you know, having something else that I can sell forever more as yeah. well on, on the merch stand mm. will be, you know, is is really helpful for me and to be able to kind of continue what I, what I do. I do, I actually do, uh, I sell a lot of canvases at gigs. Um, all of my artwork is my kind of handwriting, right. always has been. And uh, I, it started off, I was doing a support tour in the States and I was just like, I started, I'd always do like handwritten t-shirts and people, I knew that people were never going to wear these t-shirts, but they're just like, people again wanted to buy something, it was cheap and they could have whatever they want written on it. And it just turned into a thing. And I was in the States, they love merch as well. And I was selling loads of these t-shirts and then just killing time one day in an art supply shop. And I saw these little canvases and they was like a, a dollar each or whatever. So I was just like, I'll just buy a bunch. And and I started drawing pictures, like crappy pictures of like portrait stuff. And then I just started writing words and lyrics on there. And they started, you know, these things cost That's a, a great dollar. idea, man. And then, and I was like, the, the, for the rest of the tour, I was like, we're stopping. They've got, in the States, it's called Michael's, but Hobbycraft, you know. I was yeah. like, can we pull over? I was in a, in a van with another band. Can we pull over again? They're like, well, you're not going to go back to fucking Hobbycraft. I was like, yeah, we're going back, you know. Yeah. Like, and I come out arms full with these things that cost, cost a, a, you know, I sold one of them for a hundred bucks. Cost wow. me one, wow. yeah. The marker, I mean, no, I normally, that was, that was just a bit of a wind up, you know, the hundred bucks. words on each one or just, nah, just, just whatever. And it's just, I, draw, I draw a heart on one, put beans on top, always put beans on top. Every, everything corner. is personalised there, yeah. isn't it? And so people who listen to you and, and, and like your stuff. Absolutely. And I, I did feel when, when I come back, I was, I was coming back to the UK tour and my first date was in like Glasgow and I was like, Am I going to be able to sell these? It's one thing, and it's another thing as well. If you're supporting an act, it's all about you. You can be a bit cheeky and be yeah, like, try and get the money. If it's your own gig, whether you can try and charge a tenner for something that clearly costs you nothing, sure. you know. Like, but I was like, well, we'll just see. You know, what have I got to lose? Put them on a merch stand, sold. Definitely. Out. Like, bag. And it's diff. It's something different. And from that, it's like, so there is an extension of what can you sell. That's not the only reason that I wrote the book. Of course not. No. But it was like. You know what? It's it's definitely going to be handy to have. Dude, stuff years ago, when when obviously sort of MP3 and all that started coming about, and I remember talking to Pip about it, and it was just the case of look, you're not going to stop that. You can't stop, regardless of what you think is going to happen. You're not going to be able to stop it. And, yeah, why would you want got to think as of, well? Like, yeah, there's that. There is a massive case for that, and um, so it's like looking at ways that you can sort of like still be able to do it and merch and merch stands and the live sort of side of it is always going to have had to remain and come through and that idea is, is personalised everything you're doing for anyone your li listeners who comes up and grabs a canvas is going to get a little bit 
a moment with you that isn't just a repeated thing. And and um, I wonder if other bands are doing it. I wonder if people have seen you and been like, "That's a fucking great idea." Yeah, because, um, you know, uh, it's the, the the trick with my just stuff is the handwriting. Just coming out of hobbycraft with six <laughs> yeah. carrier bags. Yeah. <laughs> 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 great conversations with the people that work in hobbycraft as well because they look at me like I'm an idiot. Yeah, you know? and it's like they're like, "That's a lot of canvases, mate." Yeah. You're like, "Yeah, they'll be gone by tomorrow." Yeah. And they're like, yeah, "Come on." Uh, I'm a fast worker because also they've got they've actually got quite a lot of longevity the canvases as well because people put them on their wall yeah you know and it's like you go with a CD or whatever you know like you get and again not that any of these things are kind of marketing tools but it's like but you know it is if you've got you know, a, a, a beans and toast canvas on your wall, then you fucking think about it every day. Yeah, you? Yeah. <laughs> what are beans and toast he's on getting on today? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is he coming back through town anytime soon? <laughs> yes, he's on tour in May, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but the books is a natural, also a natural progression, right? Because a lot of your songs do feel like storytelling. Exactly. So and, it is kind of... And folk music and storytelling has always gone hand yeah, in absolutely. hand. So. Made sense. Makes a lot of bloody sense. So, top fives. Mm. So before you chose what you chose, did you think of any others, mate? Well, you... when, when Pip said, do you want to do it? He said, uh, why don't you do top five drunk folk stories? And I was like, well, I've just written a book in my top ten. Yeah. So you're either going to get repeat <laughs> or you're going to get the five that didn't make the final cut. Yeah. So I was like, doesn't feel fair. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so um, I just thought about other things. What, apart from the ones that I chose, did yeah, what yeah. other top five? Is there anything else you considered? Uh, no, I think this was the first one that comes yeah. to my head, really. Right. Um and or, or sort of variations of it. I suppose I hammered it down, yeah. basically, um, in a way that I could... So I've gone for top five places to drink a pint Brilliant. in England. In England? Great, in England, yeah, because I was, like, otherwise I started like, it was, you know, it, there, I couldn't fit it into five. Yeah. yeah. When you take take on board, I needed, to, I needed to hone it down. And uh, I guess, because I was going to just say top five pubs, but then I, when I started thinking about it, I started venturing out into, you know, into music venues and, and, and whatnot sure. as well. So it was like anywhere, you know, that sells a pint. I'll also uh, tell you what I would drink in that. Love establishment it. like this as well yeah I like this have you, have you had a few thinks thoughts on this thinks have you had a few thinks on this <laughs> um, I've got five have you ever drunk a pint in somewhere you liked <laughs> I've, uh, I've got five but I've now got four because one was overseas okay um, well look you know but the re- the other the, the rest of them would just happen to be in England even though you know you had the whole world at your fingertips yeah that's quite interesting okay. yeah yeah. By uh, interesting, Jay means that's well boring. Right. <laughs> <laughs> My number one is Mars. <laughs> um, uh, to, to be honest, when I read it, I, for some reason, just interpreted it as, as the UK anyway. Um, oh, so right. I've done that. But mine are more pubs than just... Um, well, that just obviously, anywhere. yeah, so, that obviously yeah, counts. Yeah, I've, I've kind of tried to keep it to pubs. I don't know, I do, like... mate, there's no list police here. If you, if you want to throw in one <laughs> from another... Yeah, yeah. and you're allowed, to, you're, allowed to, you're allowed one, a bonus one from <laughs> yeah, another <bonus>. country. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can still keep your five. <laughs> All right, well, um, we, we'll throw a couple in then as, as we go along. We'll sprinkle them around, and, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, um, I'll, try, so, I'll try not to ruin your number one like I did to one of our guests. We had Rich Wilson. I've done up. it. Your number five is his number one. So. <laughs> so, pretty, much. pretty much. Pretty much. I literally just went, yeah, well, I went for... And it was like, and he'd seen his list already. I'd seen it. I'd seen it. Oh, well, three. Well, he was number one, but just went straight in and fucking so, killed my him. My number three was, was his number one, and I just had a, I just had a moment. Yeah. Yeah. I was all I read, excited. It was uh, top five movie villains. Yeah. 
I got carried away. Yeah. What can I say? <laughs> Selfish. I, I, won, I, I wonder if we have any similar ones. I'd well, we're sure all, we're all got a bit um, of Essex yeah. origin, aren't we? Yeah. So, uh, maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Moon on the square, Bazardous. <laughs> Not made my list, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Neither is the pink toothbrush. <laughs> oh, mate, sacrilege. Sacrilege. Can't do that. Oh, burn. Um, oh, before dear. we get started, can you pour me some cherry coke, please? Of course. Mate. Whatever it is. Of course. Um, Jay, do you want to hit? Do you want to? Oh, do you want to hit us with thanks, mate? Uh, number five. Um, you, are they in order? Or? They are in yeah, order. Cool, yeah, cool, cool. number one being the being my favourite. Yeah, um, sure. Uh, number five is the Globe Inn in Morning t- Morning Lane in Hackney. Right. Um, nice. And I, if we're going to talk about pubs and drinking, yeah. and especially if we're going to talk about Hackney, I suppose we might as well just get the little gentrification chat over. Got to go around. Okay. Uh, it's you know it's boring, and uh, but it's you know it's seen. I live in Hackney, which is uh, the kind of the heart of, of gentrification. I've, yeah. li- I've lived there off and on for fifteen odd years, yeah. and uh, the, I, I think it's people bitch and moan a lot about the changing of the area and I think they're kind of harking back to a place that they don't remember you know like uh, Hackney in the early 2000s you know wasn't much to to talk about mm-hmm. obviously you know there's there's the whole kind of people the change in rents which means people moving out it's also meaning people's houses are worth a lot more than people that did own houses yeah. before people doing whatever the problem being is that we're all going to end up living in like a photoshopped picture that you just at the moment you just see on the edge of building sites but I've got no qualms with the kind of new sort of hip trendy bars that have sprouted up all around East London and the kind of as much as it's not my cup of tea the coffee shops or the uh, uh, you know I'm I'm well up for for all that and I think that stage of gentrification is actually really positive with small businesses independent bars or not the end the end game is a nightmare it's however what the globe in gone before we get there we we um done a podcast with the serial killer cafe Okay, Guys. yeah, a p- case in point. Yeah. You know, give them shit. Why would you give them shit? You know, it's all about the... It's, the, it's not the people that run in small businesses that are, that are causing a problem. It's the landlords and all the big money that's exactly. being poured in. They, they were two like, lads that had a hangover and had an idea yeah. and just literally borrowed some money and set it up. And they said, we become this target. kind of target. Yeah, yeah. You know, and their markup on cereal was no different to sort of like the Starbucks around the corner, but they wanted to, you know, they wanted to tear down the little independent. But, and, and yeah. while they went, and that's got how there. the machine works, though, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's that, that's you know, it's no different. It's well, I'm not going to make huge accents on that, but you know, it's like, <laughs> glad I didn't say what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, like you 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 blame the you you. you point in the blame in the completely wrong place and everyone's yeah. jumping yeah. on it going yeah fuck them guys and it's like someone's you know someone's making some you know someone's at fault here but it's not the people yeah. with small business yeah. anyway that said the globe in morning lane even though it's in the heart of that has somehow managed to defy everything that's happened in east london and harks back to almost a forgotten time i'll be completely honest with you i've been there twice Okay. Um, the um, I, I, the only thing I can think as their force field is maybe the two St George's flags that they hang outside, which unfortunately have almost become a symbol of racism for yeah. any any sort of open-minded Englishman. Um, but um, in the first time I went there, I was playing a gig at Oslo 
uh, yep. the venue yeah. in Hackney, just around the corner. And I was playing with a country band called Turnpike Trooper Doors, who it was like an honour to open for them. They're from Oklahoma. I fucking love them. And I was like, and I don't actually go out drinking much in London. I spend so much time touring and drinking when I'm home. Generally, I just want to stay at home drinking my little local. Yeah. But um, I was like, so I was like, where am I going? If they, you know, my favourite American band in town, what if they turn to me and say, where are we going, Jay? You know, I was like, where will I fucking take them? In Hackney, yeah. where are It's my neck of the woods. So I was like, maybe, the, and I actually looked online. I was like, the globe, I was like, wow, it's open till half two. Weird for a pub. Turns right. out they didn't want to go for a drink. It was like Thursday night. We, we, I was shit faced. They was like, we're going off. Me and my wife, I was like, we should go in. I was going to, you know, I fucking Googled this. It's a waste of a, waste, waste of a Google. Yeah, yeah. waste six. <laughs> I, I did that on my roaming data. <laughs> Went into this pub and it was, we must have got there about midnight and uh, it was massive. Like a complete TARDIS. You walk through the door, it's huge. It was round. Everyone was over 60 dressed immaculately like suits dresses like the works there's a little band it was wow. late i found out later it's ladies night band on stage little a guy on piano a guy on bass little drummer people getting up just to do a turn like old craze posters on the walls like an incredible not like how a, much gold all over the all the rings all the sovereigns <laughs> yeah you know, all the sovereigns basically like the the a uh, a uh, 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 husband and wife uh, sort of old Sort of again in their, I guess, mid to late sixties behind the bar, just husband and wife pulling everybody pints, all like, really, like everybody known each other for years, but still super welcoming. Like, yeah, come on, bye bye. And it was wow. almost like, you in a Chas and Dave video, man? Exactly, amazing. That. Exactly that. Strolled into a fucking Chas and Dave <laughs> on a Thursday night, and I was like, I, was, I got up, did it because I had my guitar. I was like, you know, a few pints, and I was like, I fucking love this. I, like, I want to do a song. Got a song about me nan, who like, who's from the East End. So I was like, do you want to hear a song about my nan? Got up, fucking yeah, couldn't remember the cause. It was an old song. Didn't go that. The gig didn't go that well. But, uh, it was just like it, never been invited back. Just walks away. It was just like you know, and we was there. To, we, uh, we was there to like I don't want to get him in trouble with licensing, but way later than we should have been as yeah. well. And it was like, and uh, I was one of the first to leave as well. All these like serious, they were still going. It was like fuck. It was, it was like a dream, you know. And then she went yeah. back, and I was like, that's the best pub in London. I was right under everyone's noses. You know, everyone's yeah. trying to do these kind of new pubs where it's like, oh yeah, let's make we'll do like old school East yeah. and it was just there hidden. Yeah. And uh, and then the second time, the second time I went was I was again I was playing another show at Oslo, and I was with a different mate, and I said, look, this pub was like a dream. It was the first. Night. I don't know what it'd be like now. Let's pop in there. This was like a Monday at like five o'clock. Went in karaoke, but uh, again, like incredible. I went to the, went the wrong way to the toilet, and the guy doing karaoke was like, "Toilets at the back, sir." Oh, amazing. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, in, incredible pub. I've only been there twice, but I'm confident. Like, especially if someone, if like someone comes to town and was like, "Jay, take me to a kind of like a, a good London boozer." Yeah. That would be that, and that's why that's, that's my absolutely five. great shout, that's man. I, lo I love, I love the places that are caught in that time warp because I don't know. I, I've always, I've got it's positive the people, though. Yeah, I've got positive associations to anything like that as when you're a kid and stuff. So when you walk back through those doors, it's like oh, amazing. Um, I recently went to. It's not a pub, but it is like a little place trapped in time. Is uh, the Palace um, in Elephant and Castle, which is a bingo hall. Okay, and it is. 
it is like being straight back in the early 80s and it's crazy and just the, the everyone in there is just really colourful it's worth, it's cheap you can go and play bingo for 20 quid like all night long right yeah it's such a laugh to go there with your friends but um, yeah really but good. It, yeah like London's it. good for that it's yeah. good for keeping some things just sort of like yeah. continuing on yeah. um, regardless of what's happening it's really weird I, I, I grew up like, I was born in Tilbury which is a bit further down the road from where we are right now but there was only one pub in Tilbury, but the rest of Tilbury was working men's clubs. There's mm-hmm. about seven or eight, all gone. And it's just like, it's crazy. There, there is no, there is nothing now. All the pubs are shut and there's no working men's clubs. And there's, there's, all you've got is the World's End down by the ferry pool, which is not walkable or anyone in Tilbury. And it was like... Bad for the soul, isn't it? Oh, you know, how no. the, how, that it was the pubs and the community vibe that, that surely was the kind of the soul of the, of the villages and the small towns. Well, imagine imagine the people like, that would have been in them. It, it's, you know, it's the docks. Yeah. You know, it was such a huge dock as well, mm. like, you know, back then. And now, yeah, nothing. Well, and it can't just be because Tesco sell cheap beer. There's longer, there's there's more <coughs> deeper rooted. Public. Definitely, I think there's a mul- m- you know a multitude of reasons there, why there we've is, seen that I'm, sort I'm, of uh, sure flocking we'll... away. Well, I mean we're nightclub promoters, aren't we? Yeah, so I'm seen... sure we'll, we'll get into this because mm. um, changes in 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 drinking culture and stuff, and and the way that you know at 44 I can say young people go out <laughs> um, has changed dramatically from when yeah when I was you know 18, 19, 20, 21, and, and wanting to go out and and club and, and now it's like everybody wants like escape rooms and sort of experience <laughs> like you gotta be able to play ping pong and sort of like and fair I'm not I sound like I'm being condescending but if that's what you wanna do then Yeah if things move on do. but it definitely yeah when I was people in want my, an experience was, uh, yeah I just wanted to get hammered back in the day I don't give a fuck about ping pong. I remember going back to them uh, we always <laughs> had a mate's house want to get hammered yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't I don't know, know. Well, <laughs> I find ping pong just picking that ball up beer, on the floor beer pong night. I'll do beer pong but, but when we were kids one of my mates who was sort of like quite um, affluent his house was the place to go for a house party and you know it was always there's photos that knock around since like the 90s of us all in all sorts of pickles and uh but his sister was like six seven years younger than us so we'd gone through union somewhat grown up but not a lot and when he said that his sister was having a house party and we were like well let's swing through there and see what the young'uns are up to anyway and we went there and everyone was totally well behaved no one was really drinking. And we, we went there to go, come on, let's go and see what the crazy kids are getting up to before we jog on. It was really placid. We were gutted. We were like, why, is, why are none of you making terrible life choices now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's still going to happen. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's out there. Um, right, well, um, we've had a glorious number five. Shall we move on to number four? Do you want to throw one in? Um... Well, I've done one. I've done like it's not to have a pint, but the palace in Elephant and Castle. You can, well, you can, and it's a disappointing pint, mate. (laughs) But you're not in there for that. Trust me. But but I would recommend to anyone who's in London. uh, I don't know if 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 you're looking to take a a a date there as well. It's a really oddball date, but it's a great shout. It was was brilliant. Yeah, so I'd recommend that. Stu, how about you then, mate? Um, I'm gonna go for the um, the Swan in Holsdom. Uh, in Norfolk. Okay. Uh, it's a tiny little pub and it's got a little hotel next to it mm-hmm. and it's a small village. Um, but it sells really nice beer and you can I can take my dog in now 
And when I take my dog in there, before I've done anything, they've put a bowl of like dog biscuits out for my dog and a, and like a bowl of water. Mm. For you. For me. <laughs> and uh, and there's a log fire. And I'm a sucker for it. Yeah. And like Have you got a barber to wear when you go? And like <laughs> <laughs> But it's get one next yeah. time. It's, uh, it's not like it's not a country pub at all. It's it's like it's just in like a village in, in Norfolk and it's it's not sort of loads of oak beams and Toby jugs and stuff like that. Right, it's okay. nothing like that. It's just like a an, a pub that ain't been touched since the seventies. But it's yeah, I just walking in a pub with my dog, just is a different dynamic. Feels a bit special. Yeah, because I can't do it anywhere around here. Essex isn't very dog friendly. No, it's not. Like is it? in, in the pubs. And uh yeah. Can you name a pub in Essex? I wonder if you go more out to the sticks, like Dunmo and places, Great Dunmo. Yeah, probably. You probably, probably, yeah. But round here, yeah. Possibly, there's a, the Swan in Rain, where I'm from. They're, they're yeah. Dog in. yeah. If you're going to buy a pint, they're probably going to take anything in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come in, come in. <laughs> yeah, but like round here, I can't take my dog into a with a spoon. So they ain't going to have a drop of it. That's my number four. Spoons. There we go. Right. Let's get into it. Go for it. it. Oh, the. Um, obviously all encompassing you know there's no rules you said over the top five so number four is Weatherspoons on on a whole Um, I travel a lot Mm -hmm. um, generally in cities and towns across and uh, I drink a lot (laughs) and and it's uh, it's almost like my local spoons because if you're constantly in a different town and it's like the kind of go to you know especially if you've got the kind of hour and a half that you have between sound check okay. and sort of stage time and rather than dicking around you know you just go to the spoons my days of the kind of mixed grill were behind me yeah you know like i wouldn't i wouldn't touch that shit with a barge mm. pole now for, as far as the kind of like <laughs> the meat that they might produce but as far you know a, a good selection of beer and again i know that that's it's kind of a contradiction because it's probably them pubs that have killed off the ones that we're talking about so fondly but um I can do a spin-off top five spoons. Do it. Um, like it. So, five, Brixton spoons. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I've only ever drunk in there before gigs at Brixton Academy. And I right. think it's like that whatever show is on at Brixton gives it a certain flavour for yep. the night, yep. which, is, which is interesting because it's like constantly changing. It's also got the... Uh, it's too small for its own good, so you always share a table. Yep. And the best thing about pubs is... is the, like you said, the people yeah. and, talk, and to talking meet. to you know a, 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 a good pub should make it feel like everybody can talk to each other. And Brixton, I've never ever been able to just talk to the person I've gone to that pub yeah. with. You're always sort of sat with other people. Um, four spoons, Cambridge. Um, I'm sure there's a couple of spoons in Cambridge, but one of them is the biggest in the country, and it's like three floors. It's like stupid. It's like six normal weather spoons together, but it all still looks and feels the same. Yeah. It's just like a maze of, of huge spoons. Um, Cambridge would do weather spoons, right? Though I, I probably have been in there, but I can't we, remember. We, it, we done it, it, well, mate, because you could probably go in one door and just think it's a normal one, not knowing that there's like a sort of. It's like the size of a shopping centre or something. Yeah. <laughs> Cambridge Weatherspoons is probably like a Basildon Yates wine bar, I reckon. I also think you could do a, um, a, an interesting graph where it's like the price of a pint in spoons versus oh, the pint of, uh, versus the price of like yeah. a two-bedroom house. <laughs> you know, like, I think that, that whoever does the kind of like the, the back-end numbers for spoons is like, <laughs> is, is, is a genius, you know, he knows what's going down. <laughs> 
it's true because the you know the price of a pint changes between yeah. every single mm-hmm. Weber Spoons, yeah. and they don't make that decision. They know what they're doing on that decision. So if you're going house hunting, you know. Go spoons <laughs> first. Yeah, link we, it we to that. We've done the one in Merthyr Tidfield, didn't we? We went yeah. wild swimming. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. We was in there at about. We went for breakfast, didn't we? Yeah. It's another good thing, spoons. Open early. You know when they're going to be open. Yeah. yeah. And, I just uh, know that. Yeah. There was a lot of people in Merthyr Tidfield when it was open. <laughs> <laughs> and there was actually. It was and there. like, and I just sat there because it was literally like what half nine, and we was all having a, a fry up, weren't yeah, we? Before yeah. we we went yeah, out yeah, swimming. Yeah. There's, there's pints all on the table, and, and I just kept like, looking around, just thinking. Out. Are they all going on holiday? Because it was like, <laughs> they were all having an airport beer. And I was yeah. thinking, it's amazing. If they're doing it, we can do it, surely. We're on holiday. You're like the perfect segue for my things. My the, the next top five spoons is Gatwick. Oh, man. Oh, that's a good oh. shout. That's a very fucking good where shout. The, the spoons where time does not exist. Yep. You yeah. know, no one, no judgmental eyes looking yeah. up uh, Four, five o'clock yeah. beer, you know, like whatever time. In once you once you've done yep. food checking, everyone's allowed a pint. Ice full of dreams as well, isn't it? That place you're just so <laughs> pumped up. You're like, okay, yeah. and everyone's, well, have, everyone's going somewhere. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's yeah, good, totally. good attitude yeah, yeah, for yeah. spoons. If there was one at arrivals, oh, that'd be a miserable yeah. place. <laughs> well. right. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. Departures, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a yeah, fucking party yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, like, yeah. Arrivals, arrivals coming back, nurse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no one's really up for it there, I don't think. <laughs> Quick pie before we get, <laughs> get home. I, I just want to get home now. <laughs> Crawl under, under my duvet. <laughs> Claw no, my face nice off. Nice eight-hour flight. Do you want to get up the tube? <laughs> yeah. or... I'll face a mixed grill. Yeah. Death charger. Mixed grill. <laughs> no. Um, what, so what was that? That was... Three. Three. Think, yeah. So two, top two spoons would be... Braintree. Where Braintree. I'm from. Braintree, yeah. Oh, they, uh, they closed the cinema... When I was 16, in, maybe 15 actually, in Braintree, um, and turn it into web spoons. Oh. Uh, it was one pound a pint, and they used to sell serve me in my school uniform. That is something else. <laughs> that is insane, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Uh, good on them. Uh, so I yeah, learned yeah, to yeah. drink. That is the other, my other, you know, reason that, uh, that spoons is on the list. I learned to drink in, in spoons. Yeah, yeah same. Moon, um, moon on the square, Basildon. And uh, yeah. uh, so, and again, that familiarity helps. When travelling around, but yeah, so Braintree spoons still going. I mean, I'd not now. It's really weird. It's really weird you say that because the in Grays we've got a, a, a theatre called the State Theatre, right, which has been shut for maybe twenty years. It's a beautiful, beautiful building, absolutely fucking massive, big arced onyx staircases, and and the, the guy on the Hammond used to come out on the work, whatever <clears> it was, not the Hammond, but used to come out and play before the film started. It's huge theatre. Jamiroquai made the video for Deeper Underground. Deeper Underground in there. Okay. And they filmed Who Framed Roger Rabbit in there. Mm. And uh, it's just been empty, but they can't pull it down. And, uh, and they can't do anything with it. It's a crying shame, but there was talk of it being a... Well, the only sometimes the only people with the kind of dosh and the know... Or not the know-how of other people, but the, the kind of like know, knowing that they'll be able to make it successful Turn on coin, the other yeah. side. Yeah, is it can't like... So, yeah, a spoons lot of, have come in. Yeah, it's, it's happening. Oh, that, is yeah. it happening? Yeah, 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 right, yeah, okay. yeah. Which you know, that is that a good or a bad thing? Really, it's like you know, if it's just being sat there left to left to rot, you know. Yeah. That so you know it'll be busy. You know, it'd be nice to turn it into a kind of community art. Yeah. Yeah. But if that's not happening, then bring on the spoons. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, number one, number one would be Holloway Road. 
where well, I do. I'm so, I was holding back. I was thinking the chances of it being Holloway Road yeah. are really fucking slim. But... No, the Coronet, yeah, of course. Yeah, man. So, and I, I, I lived in, on Holloway Road for uh, five years of my life, probably right. the wildest five years of my life as well. And I actually lived above a pub and still Spoons was my local. Um, what pub, mate? Uh, Nambuka. No. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, I, you know, I lived there and ran that place for fucking five years, you know, until it burned Really? Down. We put get club nights on there. Oh, but not, not probably when you were about, because we'd, we'd have known. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. They were also quite blurry times. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we was there, you know, and uh, and that, the coronet, we used to call it the free pint rule in the coronet, whereas like, on your third pint, someone would come and talk to you. Because it was a little bit like death's waiting room in there as well. And, again, like, time doesn't exist, yeah. you know, and we was, you know, We'd just go in there, you know, time didn't exist for us either because we was just on the constant party. But there'd be like, yeah, three pints in, someone would just, it'd, it'd be like a, a symbol would go and then someone would walk over and they'd just start a conversation and sit down and met some incredible, incredible people that whether they, what the shit they said was true or not, I don't know. But uh, so beautiful pub. How old are you now, Joe? Uh, 38? 38. Seven, 37. 37. So 37. Tomorrow you're going to go to the pub, right? Mm-hmm. Why do you want to go to the pub and what do you want from it? Um, I want to go to, to another thing, to talk to people. To, well, to, you know, to have a couple of drinks and, and to talk to people. I would imagine that... Um, am I going to a pub tomorrow? No, I'm not. Um, uh, I'd, I'd generally go with a, with a point. You know, like I said, because I'm, I, I, you know, touring and whatnot. If I'm not touring, I'll, I'll you know, I'd like to stay at home to be honest. If I yeah. get, if I yeah. get a night off, but uh, I'll go to the pub when I'm meeting up with friends, and and definitely like I'm a big fan. Why I like Spoons, you know, no music. It's not very often you go to a pub and go, I really fucking love the music they're playing. So I'd rather just mm. not have it and just have it more about the kind of ambience and the, the drink. You know, pub lunch, I guess. Like that's more what I do now as a kind of Sunday. Sunday, get a bit of a crew together and have a bit of a pub lunch. Nice. You don't like music in pubs? I like music in venues, and I like if I don't think music. I don't like music as a sort of secondary backing thing. No, or okay. worst screens is the worst. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, screens is the that. worst. <laughs> but it's like you know, chances are if you're going to any sort of mainstream pub, chances are if they're going to be playing music, you're not going to like it. If you do like it, you're not really going to be paying massive amounts of attention to it. So, you know. Or if it's there, just turn it down. <laughs> That's what I don't like, is because I can't bloody hear. You know, when we were at the club night, I can't hear. I was talking to someone at the weekend. It was so embarrassing. But if, I've if only just met him, and I'm if, like, I'm sorry, you, I don't know what you're saying. But if you, if it's a club, and it's, you know, and if it's there Except about a the music, yeah, and there's a DJ, yeah. and you're you have to deal with that. then that's, you know, turn, it, turn, turn it up. Yeah. If you're sitting down. I think there's a, there's a gap in the market for a late night for working men's clubs. For a kind of late night, like a lot of the times on tour, we'll finish and there'll be a big crew of us or whatever, but it'll be like, we just want to go somewhere, get pissed and fucking talk. Yeah. Now we got go to casinos a lot actually, because if you like, you go to casinos, you don't have to sure. gamble, but no. they've got late, late night bars and you can just sit around, five, yeah. six of you can sit around and just fucking, you know, like just. Get free sandwiches in the morning. Yeah, well. yeah. <laughs> and it's weird. weird you enough. don't, they don't <laughs> let you in now, they know yeah. your game. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to gamble, that's no, not sandwiches. <laughs> Um, so yeah, spoons was number four. Nice, nice. You got spoons. What's your go-to? Um, I live near Holloway Road, 
uh, for about four, five, about three, four years. I was in a uh, Tuffman Park, which is just off of course, it. Yeah. And uh, so we, we'd every, every now and then we'd go in there if we didn't want to spend eight hundred pound on a night <laughs> out because yeah. it's just so expensive in London. Uh, how about you then, mate? You, Gatwick. Gatwick, yeah, it's a fucking good yeah. shout, man. That. Yeah. yeah. Every day's a party there. <laughs> top flight. I think you. This do you reckon one... it's worth getting like the cheapest flight going just for a pint? Let me do it. Let's do it tonight. Just check. How can you, do you? How easy do you reckon it'd be to get out? If you wasn't flying out of, uh, if you checked in, it's probably quite difficult to get out of. Oh, an right, I see what you're saying without Actually, flying. Yeah. You know I'm sure if you just spend about six hours in there, yeah, someone will hit you yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you find a way. Just kick off. When they yeah. ask you, what's you know, what, you, what are you up to? Yeah, just, we've missed our flight. Yeah. We're just here to get hammered. I know a fucking jukebox yeah. in here. Come just on, sir. soaking up the atmosphere. <laughs> oh, fives within fives, Jay. This might be the first time we've had a. Someone do a top five in a top five. You've, you've, you've popped that cherry. Love it. Splinter. Yeah. Splinter. Love it. Splinters. Yeah, nice one. Good job. Um, we need a pub as well, have a wee. Oh, granddad. I feel like I'm in the pub now. I need a wee. Oh, yeah, okay. I second that motion. Yeah, yeah. sure. Oh, <laughs> there okay. you go. Cool, cool. Granddads. All right, okay, cool. <laughs> Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Bladder's empty. Ah, and we're back. There we go. Yeah. And we're back. Stuart, you right? You just disappeared under the bar there. I'm just looking for a, a beer. Oh, oh you brought right. biscuits. you want a biscuit? I did bring some biscuits around. They was, I put them uh, in the fridge. Sorry. No, it's fine, fine with me. I have just literally now two massive... I've just eaten all those Doritos pretty much single-handedly. And um, and we have some milk chocolate digestives. We really need to get sponsored by some sort of snack manufacturer, I feel. I don't think probably... A mix, shit we're one. Bigger, it's great if it's like Bobby's Crisps. That'd yeah. be great. Yeah. Go for the small one, surely. Surely someone will... Chuck you some free goodies if you ask nicely yeah, on your podcast. I reckon so. Well, we got um, we got a lovely sponsor, beer sponsor called Love mm-hmm. Beer, um, yeah. and he does loads of. Um, he's so excited you're here yeah, tonight. Yeah, 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 yeah. He said he's accosted you so many times at gigs <laughs> and uh, and asked. What, trying to get me a beer? Um, pro- no, 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 no. I don't think so. I think he's just a, he's a proper fanboy. 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, he was very excited. Yeah. And, uh, he's a dude though, Charles, isn't he? Yeah, he's a great lad. And so we've done two, um, two or three recordings with Charles. And it, Charles goes on, goes around the country, and he finds all the best microbreweries. Okay. And um, that's what he does as his job, is he, he installs the beer taps yeah. like that into people's houses or other bars. But he's all about the sort of like local local producers, isn't he? Oh, completely. And oh, we get twisted because he'll bring like he'll just bring all the best shit from like a different part of the country. Like the last time was a Northwest, wasn't carnage, it? And it? it was just quite the sponsorship. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Great. It's really good. <laughs> right. He just turns up with bucket loads of lager and he's yeah. like, right, let's get out of our minds and talk about beer. And it's yeah. like, great. Some of them do get a bit too out of hand, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Still got that legal suit pending. But apart from that, it's yeah, really yeah. That's what happens but yeah, we should get, a, we should get a small indie, indie snack sponsor, I think would be the one. Shout out. Right. Anyway, so we're we're, we're uh, well. You ain't been anywhere, have you? I suppose um, uh, we, we've just been for a wee, but you are still listening with your headphones or in your car, whatever you're doing. Um, so we're back. Um, we've been on toast, counting down top five boozers, um, and we're at number three. Places to drink a pint because we're just about to steer Sorry. away from boozers. Right. Oh, actually, no. The next one's still. No, I'll steer away. I'll steer away. What, so what are we on? Four. Three. 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 We at number three, but we have literally just already done six, Quite. which is sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one's going to be... Well, so, uh, Gorilla in Manchester. Try which think that is place. a music venue. Right. Uh, and I would say... Probably the best music venue in the country. Big. Um, which was, you know, when I was thinking of places to drink a pint, you know, I was like, I can't just... Obviously, I could have done top five venues, mm-hmm. you know, in the same way that I could have done top five, you know, pubs or whatever, but, um, or top five spoons. So uh, with by saying somewhere to drink a pint, I like to kind of involve, the, in, involve them all. And um, Gorilla, I think there's been a lot of talk recently about how venues are closing down and, you know, and it's obviously a cry and shame. And, in, and it is, you know... Th- People getting hit by unreasonable kind of laws and taxes and blah, 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 blah. But there's also something to be said for kind of moving with the times. And um, yep. there's, a, there's a, also a kind of new strain of venues that are kind of are definitely doing very well. And uh, Gorilla is, it's an incredible place to play a live gig. It's got good lights, stage sound. It's an incredible place Was it called Gorilla or did it used to be something else? Or? So I, I, it must, it's in all the arches, so I'm sure it's been various venues yeah. over the years. But whoever have taken it on and, you know, and, and, and they've definitely created this place as it is. And it's, you know, they've not, they've so it's got like, it's, it's, it's a wicked gig venue. So it's a wicked club venue, like, the kind of the dressing room's in the right place for the stage and the the, the st- size of the stage is right for the amount of people. It's a good sound system. There's a bar out front which is just comfy and warm and nice. There's a restaurant which where the food is incredible and it's you know it's 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 constantly busy you know in the restaurant and in the bar. So it's like that I guess props up any shortfall that where venue yeah. traditional venues might might have, might lose out. And the the booking of it is. Um, it just seems to be like they kind of it's curated rather than booked. I that's would a really say, that's a really as, important as, thing as, as a venue. I'd feel confident if you was like, "Cool, let's go down." You know, no, when do you, it's like oh, quite old fashioned almost. We'll just go to a music venue and see yeah. who's playing. You know, like and, and striving towards that is I think something that venues should definitely mm. do. Um, 
and uh, yeah, so uh, you know, I don't say that lightly. I mean, my my kind of uh, wrestle. I know that I've had keep on splitting off of five, but my kind of wrestle in my head was between that and uh, Hebden Bridge Trades and Social Club, uh, which is a beautiful, brilliant music venue for all the other reasons and for the kind of. Uh, it doing all the right things in a way that isn't touched by the sort of modern world, I guess. What um, do you mean? Explain a bit more. Uh, that's very much a working man's club. It's in Hebden Bridge, where it's you know off the radar. It's a beautiful Hebden Bridge is a beautiful place. Where and, is Hebden Bridge? Jeff? Uh, it's just outside of Manchester, right. actually. Um, it's sort of maybe in between Manchester and Leeds, right. but it's a small, creative town in the kind of hills and. Uh, Really beautiful. And they've just got a venue there that... Oh, there's no way I would know about Hebden Bridge unless it was for the people that work this venue that have somehow put it onto a touring map. And it's like... Laura Marlin played there recently, for example. A lot of bands where it's like, you've got to do... You can play an arena, but you've got to do a small venue. Where do you want to go? We'll go back to, right. to Hebden Bridge because of the magic that it has. Yeah. So there's there's that. And that, you know, I did want to talk about that, but I think if it has come down to... As I think Gorilla wins out because it is forward thinking, and it's like you know how a venue's going to move forward, and it's like having that having the club the club side down, and it's just it's a nice size as well. I think it's five hundred cap, maybe you know like um, a bit less for a gig, a bit more for a club or something like that, yeah. but around about that big. And uh, yeah, I've you know and, uh, the staff as well, the people that work there are kind of competent, and uh, I have a good laugh with the security, which goes a long way. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, yeah, you know, and uh, if... Shit, did I even say what pints I would drink in each one? No. Going off tangent. Like, well, so you can go back. You know, rewind a little bit to As long spoons. as we don't do every pint in every weather spoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'd say Stella. It'd be a Stella in Spence, sure, just right. for the old school. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess in Gorilla, probably be Estrella. Estrella. <laughs> nice. I like Estrella. Yeah. Mm. I, I think I'm I'm 70% sure they've got that on tap. <laughs> Um, that sounds cool. I love the fact that they even do food now. I think venues need to. Yeah. As, as you know, it's, again, they shouldn't have to, but perhaps nowadays they do need to and do it well. Because um, then it's just like, again, we're saying about how sort of going out changes. Like, go like restaurants, going out for meals is, is bigger business than just, again, just getting hammered mm. these days anyway. The sort of foodies and whatnot. So I think like incorporating it all under one roof. It's yeah, good for the bands as well. Just, as well. Yeah. They'll, they'll feed you anyway, you know. So it's like great place to play. Yeah. Because it's like they go along and it's just like you know, yeah. there's your reserve table. There's no, there's no fighting around. Yeah, yeah. Musicians aren't always notoriously flush. So being a going somewhere and getting fed. Yeah, yeah. Might, right. be there, and it might be there. Might be there. Also, if if you was with, if you was on like a touring band as well, or if it's like you know the standard procedure where it's like here's your buyout, so it's like yeah. everybody kind of disappears in different directions. You're straight food. to hobbycraft. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> rinsing those cans. <laughs> <cows. laughs> Uh, and with the, where, where the venues do feed you, you all of a sudden get everybody sat around the same table. Yeah. You know, maybe both bands that haven't sort of hung out much on the tour, and that will then come across that evening in the, you know in the show from both bands. Yeah. I believe as well. So it's a lot of the bits that uh, you wouldn't necessarily picture that go into what will make the show. Yeah, it could create a, be- a better environment. Yeah. And I think what you're saying about eating and how maybe that dynamics changed a little bit. 
places like Italy, they've got a very strong like eating family dynamic, haven't they? Where they're always together eating and they stuff come like home that. for lunch, yeah, exactly. Like, like, if, work. If, mm. if, if pubs sort of like in those life halls try and encourage, still encourage some form of community, and if it is built around food as opposed to getting licked as mm. much, then you know, all, all to it, all more power to them. And if there's you know a live element there as well, then yeah, then if great. you are, you know, if you was if you went for the food and someone was like, look. There's a band next door. And because they've done it right and there's a, a kind of listing on the wall that gives you a five-word description of mm. who it is, maybe you consider paying you, mm. you know. Yeah. They might get confused that you're part of the menu, though, when yeah. they look at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've, we've already eaten. Thanks a lot. Do you want to throw one in the mix, mate? Yeah, all right. Um, yeah, I'll go with... Uh, we're talking about sociable and it's... It does have a sort of live element, and you'd have to go slightly back in time for it as well. But reminiscing about the the good old days of the sunrooms in Southend, really? Um, oh, I loved the sunrooms for a pint because it was the ultimate social element there. Um, Southend, I don't know how vibrant Southend is now, but back in the early two thousands, we were all about twenty twenty one, and it was it was a great space for artists, musicians. It was buzzing, and the sunrooms was a bit of a bohemian bar. Yeah, very that much. So. Everyone went to, and um, yeah, but it was like that. I was going there in the early nineties, yeah. and it was very much like that. Yeah. I, I remember going there and the first time, and it was. We've got. And I walked in. People were literally burning spoons upstairs. And I was thinking, "Fucking <laughs> liberal in here." And like, <laughs> shooting up. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, it's liberal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was fucking absinthe. Right, and I've never seen right, it. Yeah, yeah. And they were burning the sugar on the spoon right, before they were okay. mixing it in the absinthe. And I was just like, "Fucking, what's going on here?" And there was bands on upstairs, mm. and I was like, "What's that? Oh, can I have some of that?" And they were like, "Yeah, yeah," and like. Spent me weeks' wages on fucking absinthe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Van Gogh. <Yeah>. And, uh, <laughs> but I remember just seeing this band and going, oh, fucking, oh, they're incredible. Yeah. Oh, I've got to get them in a brush. And like, I was like, like, have you got a demo? They're like, no, no, we'll send one to the club. And like, absinthe will mess with your mind because I, I thought I was literally seeing fucking Van Morrison right. before the for weeks. <laughs> Yeah, what was on that demo weren't, and I was like, "Yeah, you gotta watch that absinthe." <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it was it was it was always like that. It was always like it was, be- well it was beautiful. It was just a lot of fun. You could because it was so tiny and it was so popular. You're always sharing tables. Is it still going? Um, no. Unfortunately, the um, it was a kind of a victim of its own success because some of the lads from that they ended up running another successful club night and then they then thought that they would no, redecorate no, 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 Sunrooms, no, no, no. didn't the they? Guy, the guy that owned it yeah. um, now owns Henry's Burgers. Henry's Burgers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But then, so, like, because they The Cool changed. Kids Club wasn't, wasn't anything. Oh, wasn't it? No, why, was... did, why did Sunrooms change? Because they ended up redecorating it and it, they, they, it kind of had this really, like, all the walls were kind of yellow, it was kind of warm and... Um, quite earth tones and it had loads of different artwork on the walls that was done by the, the tenants and the, you could have found it in like East London somewhere basically right and I'm, I've always been surprised that Southend hasn't had that kind of 
ex like East London Exodus sort of makeover that was sort of Margate and Hastings. Yeah. Like when everyone was like, everyone's getting out of London, they're going for cheap property, mm. can't buy a house here, so we're all moving to Margate. The the links are good. It it looks fun on Instagram because there's all this old seaside town. Sure. It's like South End ticks all them fucking boxes. Mate, exactly. it's, it's expensive it though. Happen. It's it's yeah. it's not cheap property. So mm. I think that's maybe that's what's what's mm. stuck. I, I think so. Yeah, they did it with Leon C though. I mean Leon C's full to the brim now. So you never know. They might move out that way, mate. Because yeah. it has South End has had a bit of a dip. Really, I feel like culture. I mean, I you know I used to go on holiday to South End. Like, yeah, I've got like. Peter Pan's Playground oh, more, yeah. than the, more than cool. the sunrooms if you know what I mean yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, do you remember the Barracuda that base. one that big the one, oh my god it was terrifying I used to look at that at like 13 we're the same age I used to look at that at about 13 and I was like all my mates like we're going on that and I'd be like oh Jesus Christ yeah. it was the scariest ride ever even the Crooked House was pretty Crooked. scary oh, <laughs> game changer Game changer, and and the thing outside the crooked house, which was the um, the guillotine, the, mm. the the swinging guillotine, whatever they were called, and uh, and the waxwork used to just sit up and then it'd lay back down, and the the, the, the guillotine would go across yeah. his throat. That was your been, first job, that waxwork. It was. You know, it just was sitting uh, up tough in there. But, uh, <laughs> but no, that that was fucking hell. Like I say, I'm old as fuck, and that was there when I was a kid. Yeah. Right, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's mine, man. Sunrooms is a lot of fun, and I I've had friends work there, and I some of my worst conditions have been. Standing up, swaying in the sun. I tell you what, though, like I've tried so hard to establish a club night in South End, and I can't do it. I just can't do it. It just doesn't bite. Like so many different venues, and, and I've played the only place I've ever really played there is Chinneries. Well, I've yeah. Club Enemy there, and right. uh, with Glenn who owns it, and. Uh, couldn't make it work. I've done some rooms. We've done with Pip. We've done some rooms, didn't we? And we had Pip and we had Eddie Temple Morris I think come that was down. the death rattle of some rooms. Yeah. That was its last. Yeah. It's just a it, tough place. Mm. It's like, and it's really weird because now if you look at South End, there's a site, the Chinese is obviously still going strong. Um, but in regards to live music and stuff, it's, I mean, there is nothing right. now. And, and club-wise, there's literally one nightclub left. It's like that they've just dropped like flies. All the big hitters have just gone. And and seaside towns are half. hard to understand. Yeah, they really are. They, they really are. Leads quite on easily to my next one, actually. Oh, you're good at these seamless links, mate. <laughs> Professional. <laughs> uh, the, the Neptune in Whitstable in Kent. Oh, okay. Which, well uh, done. Uh, my wife is from, yep. is from Whitstable. Right. Uh, Lizzie and... Uh, so again, I've, it's not like I've drunk in this pub a, a huge amount of time. No, it's my but, number two, but it's the same. Right? Yeah. But if you, but if you kind of like a pub that you would visit in your dreams, you know, like on the right day, it's on the beach. It's actually on the beach, you know, and uh, and it's it hasn't got that spoons element, you know. It still has its kind of sort of independent um, streak. They put on. I've never seen any bands there, but you know they do put on music there when it's right. They sell little jars of cockles from behind of the bar. Of course, they go and Yeah, and you know, yeah, you can get some oysters from down the road. You know, and they've got benches out on the beach, ale. You know, it's it is like a, a like sort of like it's 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 so picturesque, but it is sort of like you know, if you close your eyes and picture your perfect pub, then you. The Neptune's probably up there, so yeah, that's got to be on the list. By the sea, well, so and Whitstable is like you say, is a, is a pucker place. I'm not big on like when we talk about pubs, I'm not a big fan of a pub garden. 
Do you like, like the beach? Why's that, mate? Um, I like it when I'm on holiday. <laughs> but um, well, yeah, hang on. Why don't you like pub gardens? <laughs> um, yeah, I just go back to this. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just not a big fan of being outside when I'm in a pub. Really? Okay. What about on a sunny day? No, it doesn't bother me. Like, <laughs> what? We, we will have a boiling up in my garden here. We will sit here and the kids will be playing and we'll, we'll get the little paddling pool thing out and we'll be jumping around there. And you'll oh. be locked in the downstairs toilet. And, like, and I'll just be crying <laughs> in the toilet. Some white no, but I'll, 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 I'll sit in here and I'm quite happy. And I, I do love the sun. But if I'm going to go to a pub, it's just something about sitting outside in the pub. I just, God, I'm just not a big fan of it, yeah, and I know I'm, that people love it. Yeah, I'm, yeah. It's, uh, all of the, yeah, everything that I've said today, I'd always, if there's an option, to sit outside. Yeah, the sun, when the sun starts hitting, hitting you, and you drink, yeah, exactly, a cold beer outside when we get good weather mm. is not to. I mean, be after time, I'll, I'll go out earlier than most as well. I'll be like, <laughs> come on, it's all right. We can take, we can take this to the garden. Sun's up, yeah, it's four a.m. Jackets. Yeah, that, that is my one weakness is I get cold like in about seven seconds so I, yeah it's got to be hot but yeah yeah it's just it's so bad was the Neptune on your list yeah man like was well it? I was because oh. there's two like in in um as Neptune which because there's a few down that like uh, uh, Whitstable in general I really like mm-hmm. and I wanted to talk about it because I just think it's a lovely place in Kent mm-hmm. and um if you can hire a fisherman's hut down there for a, like a weekend or something you're you you're winning in life because it's beautiful you can look out over the sea and it's just it's just awesome it's very similar to my number one but my number one's more like is an, a- an area where it could make a top five in itself really so i won't i won't talk about that much but which the ball and my number one are very similar coastal coastal places to have a have a pint nice yeah. nice what's okay. your one outside oh, of the sure. uk we ain't had yeah, yeah 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 um just because it was quite unique was the Blue Lagoon in Iceland. Oh. Um, now, Reykjavik has got the best bars. Have you been to Reykjavik? No, I've never been. Um, every bar is... It, the, the architecture's there, bananas. Everything, like the scaffolding's made out of wood. Everything's just... And it's what shocked me about Reykjavik was it was really, really small. And, and, and as a, a teen of the, the 90s, mm. I knew that Damon Auburn had a bar out there. So I thought, why well, let's go and see Damon's bar, which is very British. And it was all right. But every bar you go in has got decks and has got DJs. And mm. you've got the big Lebowski bar, which is just tiny. Okay. But it's just all about the big Lebowski. Mm-hmm. And it's not like... I'd be disappointed it, if it wasn't. No, but it, it sounds like it's a novelty bar. But yeah, it's I was going to say, that sounds It's not like... at all. It's not like a, a jumping jacks or anything like okay. that. It's just fucking odd and quirky right, right, and right. just fucking really great. And there was um, the Chuck Norris bar. And oh my word. I'm not sure I drink in there. <laughs> but when you see it, you just think, this is bananas. It's like they're not even trying to be cool. It's just odd. It, 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 it was really it's just, I suppose once that starts happening, it's like, what is your bar? It's like. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, we've got the big Lebowski on the side. Yeah, yeah. Let's have the chat. But you're always the Blue Lagoon. Bar. So the, 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 it's not a bar. The, the, the Blue Lagoon is um, is a natural spring. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. But, but is there... So In the middle of it... Where's the alcohol high, coming in? Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> so you, you, it, it's just top, bizarre. Because top five sort of like beautiful points of nature. Well, <laughs> it, it, it's quite surreal. And and we, 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 we're wild swimmers. So we, we go to... Scotland, Wales, lakes, and I'm, I'm going on Saturday. Oh, really? and we go, I'll go and swim in the lakes and rivers, and you incredible. know, and that's one of our favourite things. Well, you went for the oh. first time last year, yeah. didn't you? And, and mm. It's fucking incredible, isn't it's it? Really it's really cool. It's the yeah. best thing to do. It is. And uh, blue lagoons on the top five of that. Well, it's warm, well. which yeah. is rare. <laughs> yeah, it's a natural hot spring, and it's blue, as it says, mm-hmm. and and you just go out there, and it's surround. You're surrounded by mountains, mm. and it's just this. Warm blue pool that never gets above kind of like belly height, which is quite nice. Mm-hmm. And what about the pint though? Where does the pint come? They've from? got a bar on the side okay. of it. They've built a bar uh, there. I thought you was bending the rules. No, there. no, they've, they've <laughs> not only a... you're going out of the country. No, I mean, you're just like... that, that part of it sounds really idyllic, but because obviously it's a tourist trap now, you have to go through a kind of swimming pool style, changing room and turnstile, and then walk down into it, right. which is cool because you get to keep your clothes somewhere safe and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but there's a bar built there. So you have a cold pint. And get in. And you're in a hot bath outside, surrounded by mountains, with your friends, having a cold pint. All right. Well, that's why we kept it to England. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> just <true. laughs> that's that's showing off. That's how we kept the top five bars in England. <laughs> I mean, it is amazing. But it's a with a spoon. As you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the mix grill's fucking great, mate. <laughs> Keep it warm. Do you not? Isn't it? Are you not freaked out that you was outside? Seeing as it turns out you're aggravating. No, we're not. Yeah. It wasn't sunny. It was. It was snowing. So oh, it was. Okay. It was. It was all right. Yeah. <laughs> not too pumped. Nice. Nice. So, are we at the top spot yet? Are we on two? Yeah, I think so. No, that's it. We're, we're number one. Number one. Yeah. It was. Um, do you have like a? Are you timing this? Is there a sort of? Is there? Well, we have been going for exactly <laughs> an hour. Okay. Is that about our, our sort of? Oh, we, this, we've we've, we've gone up. between an oh, hour and we, we've done four uh, hours. Yeah. Honestly, just think about the, the people at home, though. You, you, mate, <laughs> you go as long as you want to go. Both sad bastards are going to We're really horrible to our listeners. But, Jay, thankfully, yeah, we release sometimes, well, a lot of the time we release two parts, so it's not a problem. Okay. At all. Uh, number one, Glastonbury, the Avalon Bar. Oh, good shout. Mm. Which again, I guess I could have done top five festivals or yeah. even top five bars in Glastonbury yeah. or bar even Glastonbury. Yeah, but um, you know, Glastonbury is. 
I went, I went for the first time when I was 16. I've never missed one since. It continued. I've, it's the greatest party in the world and it continues to be a kind of sort of a life-affirming kind of like important part of, of my life. It's It really is. You know, it changed my life when I went and uh, and now it kind of, yeah, it's, you know, still all important to me all this this many years later. And, how, uh, how did it make you feel at 16 when you first went? That's the first chapter of my book. Wow. <laughs> uh, it's my first Glastonbury. I went on a whim, actually. Like, I went uh, to meet a girl. Yeah. Um, and uh, I went by myself. A very rational decision. Uh, I, uh, I hitched I hitched down. Not hitched. I got a lift with someone that I barely knew, um, the, uh, who I couldn't hang out with for the whole time. It was going like a week early. And, and it was like, you know... Before phone, before mobiles or anything. Yeah. So I just said to this girl, I'd snogged a girl at a placebo gig, and, uh, good, and I said, uh, I, she said, I'll see you at Glastonbury. I'll meet you at six o'clock at the Tiny Tea Tent. And I was like, took that as gospel, you know, and just went to Glastonbury by myself. And, uh, How about right? So it's yeah. it's it's five fifty nine at the yeah. Tiny Tea Tent. Was she there at that point? Uh, you know what? I spent. I. I couldn't. I looked and looked and looked. Yeah. I thought it was going to be small. <laughs> I spent nineteen years at <laughs> yeah. six p.m. going yeah. back there. <laughs> yeah, no, no. She was. I didn't. I. I happened to walk past it just by luck at six o'clock, and she ran up. And, no, and, no way. Yeah, yeah. And I was, by that time, I'd already. Like, I'd been in Glastonbury Town a week beforehand, and I'd. Uh, I'd lost my tent, my money. Um, and my clothes. I didn't have anything. In fact, no, I got in, so I bought... Is the only this place... is prior to Glastonbury. You've this, already lost Yeah, I'd shit. been in... The, lift, the only lift I had down was a week early to, to, yeah, with yeah, a friend yeah. that was going to Glastonbury yeah. Town. Yeah. So I went there and it was raining and my tent got washed away <laughs> with, my, with my bag <laughs> in it. And uh, I had... Uh, so I got, I got to the festival and uh, that was the only time I've ever bought a ticket to Glastonbury was that first one where I bought it for 50 quid. And... Uh, I walked through the. Ma- I won't even try in a blanket. I walked through the main gate without showing it to anyone, and uh, and then I was like, "Can I go out and come back in?" And I was like, "Yeah." Back in the day, you should be stamp yeah. just to get a, a, a luminous stamp to get into Glastonbury. Quite so tech. I was like, uh, got my stamp, went back out, sold the ticket for fifty quid, went back in, found the girl, Mary Fairy. By luck, like I didn't know what like, I didn't know how big it was or anything. It was just, Walking around, yeah, she's just like small. I'm never gonna fucking find it, this girl. And then she was there, and uh, so I was like, "Look, I know we only met briefly, but can I stay with you? Have you got any money and some drugs?" And you know, like, <laughs> and uh, she took me to her tent. She was there with, uh, she was a hardcore Christian, and she was standing in the Christian field. And uh, again, you've lucked out there. Generosity. <laughs> it was charitable. Yeah. It was charitable. They, uh, I wasn't allowed to stay in her tent. Uh, <laughs> so surprisingly, uh, uh, so I left. Yeah, I didn't see her again. But uh, yeah, had the, you know, had the, the best time. And like I said, yeah, it's uh, yeah, years and years later. You know, I chose the Avalon Bar because year before last, I played, you know, I've been playing Glastonbury yeah. for the last. 10 years, um, but the Avalon gig um, year before last was the kind of Glasto gig that I'd always sort of dreamed of as well. And it was like, you know, no one really sort of knew what to expect. I'd been playing every chalkboard and every little tent going for years. And it was like, sort of the guy from Avalon kind of put his neck up and sort of put us on like, you know, it's a big old fucking tent, that mm. one. And 
Yeah, and it was like just straight after sort of Brexit had happened and all that as well. So it was quite a, like high emotions. Yeah. And uh, I walked on stage and said, this is going to be the best gig that I'm ever going to play. And uh, and then followed through, basically. And uh, yeah, it was, it was beautiful. Followed through, you meant followed through with it being the best gig. Yeah, no, you didn't shit yourself <laughs> before you... Not quite. Oh, yeah, probably could have done that. No, made it, mic'd it up, and, what, uh, and, what, and then after you know, and then was was after that went for a pint in the, the, the Avalon Bar in Glastonbury is a is is the most pubby place you can find. Pint in of what festival as well? Is that a, a pint of what cider? Nice, cider. of course. Yeah, which wouldn't be my drink of choice anywhere else, but there. When in Rome, exactly that. And go that, on, and Sorry. that is my top five. Yeah. Fantastic. No, it's a great choice, Avalon, Glastonbury. I, it's just, uh, I don't know, we've spoke about, uh, my first gig ever was V97, my, sorry, my first festival, mm-hmm. and I loved that. It was, it was. I, I felt overwhelmed by what I was seeing at like 17. Like, I'd been to, obviously, gigs, mm-hmm. but just that environment was crazy. But then when I finally went, to, and I was going to Reading and all that other stuff, but when I finally went to Glastonbury, it was just a different it's just a different level, still isn't is. it? It still is as well. That's the thing. It's like, you know, I do so many festivals now and I enjoy them all for different reasons, but there's still something about, and it's still, obviously it's changed, you know, and people are quite quick to kind of, you know, bitch and moan about Glastonbury and it's like, I'm, I'm not one of them people, you mm. know, like everything's changed. Things have got to change. Mm. Um, but I think it's still managed to keep its, you know, it's it's kind of it's magic and it's lawlessness still and certainly you know it to me it always kind of describes the the sort of mood of the country at the time especially politically you know the last two years with Brexit yeah. the year before last and then Corbyn this year yeah. you know like the how much the the this year especially when it was like uh, the attacks in in Manchester and the kind of like dark cloud around the sort of like big live music events and the fear that was being generated and then this really sunny Glastonbury with a kind of you know people you know turn so many people turning up to hear you know Corbyn speak and it being like people giving a shit and it being like what Glastonbury was always about anyway and it was just like it was sunny and it was like it was what the fucking country needed and it needed its TV coverage how many as well how many politicians if they spoke at another festival would get the interest Anybody and response that, 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 that Glastonbury no, no, that, that magic it, creates it was, that yeah, yeah. yeah it was it, it, yeah it was you know Glastonbury's always give a shit you know mm. as a festival as well and uh, and 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 that's you know that's I think that's why it sort of continues to hold its hold its own well, well you know it's, it's the greatest party in the world it know? is yeah. and I, I like the word you use there lawlessness as well there's yeah, always that absolutely. sketchy side which I love about festivals yeah. the bigger they are the more diverse and wide it becomes and then people also want to party and that does bring you know a degree of lawlessness yeah, with it yeah, and, yeah, I, yeah, and yeah. I love that and I, I revel in that the I like whole that. world is being tidied up you know yeah. and it's and, and you can see why you know safety is important but the world has definitely lost a kind of rough and tumble and we can't go backwards on mm. what on you know on how how we are because it's you know it's just the way that things have evolved but it's still you know I think a lot of our favourite boozers are harking back to a different time and when mm. it was a little bit you know a little more lawless and kind of more sort of carefree and you know and people can still you can, you can still get lost at Glastonbury you know you can still <laughs> yeah. tap into that yeah your uh, your tune and the amazing 
you probably spoke about that loads, but the last line of that always that tickles me, mate. Right, yeah. And uh, well, I don't want to spoil it, but, but yeah, exactly. That was a Glastonbury song, you know. That yeah. is, you know, I've got countless <laughs> tunes about it, but yeah, you know, that's certainly my, my most popular, most well-known uh, song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was just, a, you know, that was just, in fact, that was just a, an, an exact story of what happened at Glastonbury apart from the last line, <laughs> <laughs> which was just, like, I don't like my, it was like, it was either at the end, me and the girl go on some like mad trip adventure, or the truth was I'd travelled back alone on a National Express. Yeah, didn't have the same ending, I like yeah, my yeah. songs to end happy, yeah, so yeah, I just kind of fantasize a little bit for yeah, the end. Yeah. No, why, why not, man? It's just, it's just got comedy, comedy effect, man, and I, I recommend anyone like, if they've not heard you have a listen to that and then bounce around all your other stuff mate um, but yeah good shout what's top spot mate um, so mine is actually an area really um, but it's anything all the pubs down on the south coast of sort of like the Cornwall Devonshire sort of way when you've got all the all the long walks along the coast and then you dive in and out of the pubs there there's just nothing better than that for me I love that coast. I remember a couple I of years... I don't think you can put Cornwall and Devon in well, the sorry, same thing yeah, without, no, yeah. without annoying yeah, yeah, both sorry, sides. Yeah, sorry, guys. <laughs> sorry. Quite a walk. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Um, Cornwall. Cornwall. And, um, and um, yeah, I, I remember I came back from um, Vietnam and uh, that was cool. It was really nice. Um, it's... It, but about two months later, I went down to Cornwall and, and spent a cu- about a week down now, just walking down the coastlines. And it was as not, it was as beautiful as, you know, going to Vietnam. It just blew me away. And so I go there, try and go there once a year. And just going into the boozers around there, they just know how to do a pub. You know, they are, they're really old school. They're really cosy and welcoming. Um, there's always decent stuff on tap. Um, so yeah, I'd say yeah, Cornwall and the, the coastline down there. Yeah, that'd be mine, mate. How about yours, Shu? I'm I'm, I'm going to go. Um, I'm just going to go back to a time when everything was exciting for me, and so I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go for the good mixer in Camden. Oh, all right, cool. Um, it become the kind of figurehead for the Britpop movement, I guess. Sure. Um, but I remember uh, just just kind of being in, in an unsigned band, and and in the kind of early nineties, or what was sort of fast approaching the mid nineties, I guess. It was like um, if you wanted to get a record deal, you had to take your demo tapes and loiter around Camden gigs and try and bump into Andy Ross from Food Records or whoever else was was kind of hanging around, and 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 the Good Mixer was just one of them places where you'd see the people in the bands that you really liked. And it was like, oh my God, like fucking, I've just seen Graham Coxon. Like, <laughs> but irrelevant to that, all of that stuff was kind of exciting when I was very young, just yeah. going, to, going to Camden and, and, and drinking in the good mixer mm. and passing your demo tapes around to people that had better haircuts than me, hoping that, you know, it'd get in the hands of the right person. It was all very innocent and, and quite fun. Yeah. And, uh, cause I, I guess, Prior to that, it was like the gas club in central London, early doors. Yeah. But that was the first time I felt like we was kind of, we was, because we was gigging in these, you know, not, not the mix of, we was gigging the Dublin Castle and the Falcon and, 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 you know, what, what was the Barfly before it was the Barfly, whatever that was, the Monarch. Yeah. And, and, and all of these little venues. And, and, and it was, it was just exciting. And it just yeah. felt like there was like, it was, it was doable. You, you know, you could, 
within reach. You could play a gig and maybe the right person might see you and, yeah. and you know, take you to a, a higher level than where you was already at with your music. You know, maybe you could get a record out, you know, and it was it was it was exciting. Um But it wasn't the evenings in the good mix I liked. It was the days. And if I'd gone to Camden and it was like we was gonna either go and watch a band in the evening, we'd always go mm. up in the afternoon and it had a great jukebox and it had all the bands that were generally floating around that had, even if they were like the really small bands that hadn't really got sort of big deals or yeah. hadn't been on the chart show or whatever else was on the box at the time, they would be synonymous with the area and they would take their album in and Koki put it on the jukebox and they'd put it on the jukebox and it'd never be like the artwork. It'd be like a scribble mm. of all the track listing and you could go and hear the bands that you really liked because you thought, no one else has heard of these, it's great. And, and you could hear them in a good mixer. Yeah. Generally Australian staff, that they, they seem to just always <laughs> employ Aussies that were over working in London. And, and yeah, it was just like, there was no thrills Community. about that place. There was like, what's that? Community. Yeah, it was exactly that. And, like, and, it, and it just felt like... It was exciting and, and something was happening and and you, you had an opportunity to be part of it yeah. through just the fact that you could go, all right, how are you doing? Mm. And like, I'll, I'll make a bit of music as well. And you'd have someone to chat to. And Was that your version of Twitter? Because yeah. like, tw- Twitter yeah. now, like you're within reach of anyone really, yeah. aren't they? People um, can talk to their, their heroes a bit quicker. Yeah, there's, there's, like there's, there's swings and roundabouts yeah. to that for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, 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 yeah, that's faceless as opposed to yeah, the, yeah. The, the treading the floorboards. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I think the the, the tie-in with all all of these is is community, isn't mm, it? Yeah, you know, completely. That's what you know. The what what do you want out of a pint? I guess you know people that share a kind of similar. Yeah. You know, world view or or, or maybe a different world view, but yeah, it's like but, a nice tie-in of it all. But that's the beauty of a pint, isn't it? People with a different worldview, you can you if can chew the any, fat with them, can't you? Exactly. Yeah. If there's a if there's mm. a, a good way to discuss your yeah. differences, mm. is over, over a pint for best place. Well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Talking. I'm just trying to think of a way to sum up this sort of drinking <laughs> <laughs> community. Talking, drinking pints. It's all good. There we go. I need another wee. Right. Well, that's good because. We're done, aren't we're we? We're done, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Joe, thank you very yeah, much. Yeah. Oh, my pleasure. Nice one, guys. Like, yeah. It's been a lot of fun. A lot of fun. A lot of fun, man. And yeah. uh, we're going to go and have a, a beer piss. Yeah, man. Good luck with the book. Thank you very much. Yes. I'm on tour. At, so on, <laughs> got a book on tour. Check it out. Because well, what we'll do is, because um, obviously people don't go and bump into you in a good mixer anymore. <laughs> so um, where can people find out all about that? Uh, just Google Beans on Taste. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And then it's all on my website. But yeah, there's a tour in May, uh, nicely distributed around the country. Um, and that's a kind of seated uh, seated tour, which is something a bit different, a bit new for me. Um, and the book's out. You can just get that from my website. You can get it from like Amazon and shit like that, but it's probably cheaper postage, but get it from me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. That's probably Amazon. <laughs> but yeah, thanks guys. Cheers, no, man. No, oh, right. pleasure. Thanks for having me. Lovely. Cheers, buddy. That was the end of part one. And there is only one part because it was an hour long. Or was it? Yeah. All right. That was the end of the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it really upset me now oh look at him um, what I'd say is I don't if, care what you've got if an hour isn't enough for you crazy kids why not go and look at our Patreon page 
we knock out an extra podcast each week where you get to nominate a top five. Um, so I really recommend going over there and checking it out. For $10 a month, you get four extra podcasts and a lot more interaction with me and, um, well, the stroppy Mr. Potato Head over there. You're dead to me. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast.